Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Fred Fuck from long distance somehow gets it to go. We can't believe it. The hat and the glasses come off. Fred Funk with the birdie at 16. All right, welcome into Terps on the Tee with the chicken, the hawk, Fred Funk, along with Chick Hernandez here uh, as they get ready to the golf world for the Open Championship, the 149th Open Championship at Royal St. George's. Um, look, I know you. I know you play the game professionally. Will you wake up at all early to to, to watch what's going on over there? Yeah, I love the tee times when uh, it's so early, and on the East Coast, you can wake up to. Uh, seeing golf early and see what the weather's like. Sometimes they they got that perfect weather, and other times they're windy and cold. And it's like God, I'm glad I'm not playing. But <laughs> <laughs> but it's really good. I love watching um, the British Open on TV. It's it's really good because the conditions can be so varied, and you can really get screwed on the tee times you get. You can have that perfect morning and a terrible afternoon, or vice versa. And you remember at Muirfield years ago when it was uh, like a six-shot difference between the morning and the afternoon, and Tiger got caught in that afternoon wave. And and I don't think uh, – I don't remember whether that was a before-the-cut round or an after-the-cut round. I think it was a Friday's round, I think. Yeah. And, and, and the difference of guys making it, the percentage was like 10% of the guys that got stuck in that weather – versus 90% that were not in that weather that made the cut. So you can really get uh, screwed in the British Open based on your tee time, just on luck alone. But uh, it's exciting, and and I think uh, Royal St. George is going to play. I call it the 200-acre pinball machine. It, <laughs> so you played the that. ball just, it just plinks and plunks, and then you tilt. You're the one doing the tilting. And, and nothing's working, but you can, I remember Sergio hit a tee shot on one and they lost it. Right. And they had all the spotters. It, it was just barely right in the fairway and they lost it. And I, I played that year. It was brutal. And I think it's the, uh, well, it's known as probably the worst in the Rota. Sure. Well, according to but, Brooks Koepka, um, yes. But, you know, it's still the British Open. So let's just say that way. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure. I'm sure uh, Sergio handled that well when they couldn't find his ball. By the way, on one, I'm sure that. Well, Tiger really well. started triple. I just saw a little thing that Tiger started a. He lost his ball and started with a triple and ended up uh, getting the lead on Saturday, and then he let it go. I forget where he finished because they didn't finish the whole story. So I was kind of <laughs> plagiarizing off a little clip they nice. did on Golf Channel last night. And uh, they were showing him going back to the tee. And, you know, usually you don't lose a ball in the rough. Usually. Not in the tournament. I mean, you do if you're playing by yourself. But yes, when when you have 50 people looking for it. I mean, when Tiger was playing Phoenix, they had 50 people lift the boulder. Yeah. So that was fair. That was definitely a loose impediment. Yeah. Yeah. You can flick it with your finger. Yeah, if an earthquake, yeah. Uh, and for those who are listening to Terps on the two, you might have heard a third voice uh, with a confirmation for Fred. So, Fred, what, what's what's going on? Where are you and what's going on? We do this for Go Ministries. Um, there's a – actually, Trevor's with me. I'm going to have Trevor. He's He's been with Go a lot longer than I have, and he's a minister. Great guy. Uh, he's not your typical minister by, uh, look, he's a very handsome guy, but he's tattooed up like a Navy seal. Okay. And he actually uh-huh. looks like a Navy seal. He's, he's all balked up and, and he's, he's a great guy, but Trevor's <laughs> with me and we're Does up Trevor in, have a last in name? the upper part of Michigan. Okay. Uh, we're playing golf for three days with a bunch of people with a lot of money. Yeah. And we like money. Yeah. We're like money. <laughs> we're, we're trying sure. to, but they, they have this, uh, kids, in Santiago, Dominican Republic in Santiago. And they're building a school to get the kids off the street uh, to give them a chance through sports and Christianity and education. Nice. Nice. Is that the way to say it? Yeah. And I mean, it's, it's even more than that. I mean, they do medical. So there's medical clinics all over the Island um, in the remote areas. So we do remote clinics. 
We've got the state-of-the-art uh, medical center that was built a couple of years ago that, that will see close to 20,000 patients a year. Um, but the kids are the biggest part. We've got a school that's got 500 kids in it. And then there's a whole sponsorship program, a feeding program. We're feeding kids in the the bates, which is the basically the slums. Uh, they're living in landfills and uh, they're giving at least one nutritious meal a day and fresh drinking water into those areas. Wow. Um, and then the sports aspect is huge. They just built, uh, a, a, we're in the process of building a $20 million sports complex for baseball, volleyball, and basketball. Wow. And uh, it the reach of that, only, only like 1% of those kids, maybe less than that, are going to go any kind of professional sport. But then we tie that into ministry and teach them trade and how to actually work in their, their own culture. Uh, we've actually got a, a ministry in a cigar plantation and a cigar factory. And uh, we're actually raising up business leaders out of that and planting churches inside the cigar factories as well. So it's pretty cool. Wow. Um, so we have yet to get Trevor's last name. Do I call you Father Trevor? What do I, what do I call you? No, Trevor works. I mean, uh, I, I'm a pastor, and sometimes I tell people that's a pastor with a B, not a P. You got to be careful how you say it um, <laughs> because, you know, you just never know. Uh, yeah. But no, I'm a pastor in Cincinnati, Ohio, and uh, okay. but I grew up in Maryland. That's my connection here. Fred and I, actually, we met at the Caribbean Classic, what, four or five years ago. Yeah. And uh, we actually kind of a real special moment, um, a tough moment, but that was when you lost your mom. And yeah. I was actually playing with Fred at the moment. And wow. I actually got the, I, I don't want to say privilege. It sounds weird to say that, but mm-hmm. I, I felt privileged that I was the first person that he told that he lost his mom. Right. Well, my, and, I knew my mom was passing away and I was committed to that tournament. And uh, we already had her in hospice. And my sister called me on the 10th or 11th hole. 11th hole. Because wow. I asked you on the 10th green, hey, how's your mom? You right. Said, well, yeah, you just asked me. Yeah, and made it through tonight. And then my sister called literally five minutes later, said we just lost mom. Wow. And uh, I just started balling. Sure. So and, cart and we played. Yeah and-, yeah. and Trevor was with me during that time. And, and, and that was tough. Uh, but uh, we got a big connection with this this team of guys um that just do such phenomenal work and and we've all become brothers pretty much uh mm-hmm. well and then our maryland connection goes so deep yeah because really fred does. grew up playing golf courses i grew up playing my dad talva country club yeah, sure. yeah. and then yeah. green hill yacht and country green club. hill yacht and country club down oh. in salisbury which so, has yeah. actually been bought and they're redoing the home course right now um yep. Yep. and my mom and dad are still in maryland and actually my dad has got to be pretty good friends with fred as really well. good friends We're um really, yep. and so it, it's just uh, been a cool connection and literally he was like Hey, we got this podcast, and yeah. uh, I was like, "Let's go! I'm in. Let's yeah. do it." And I'm, I told him, I was like, "I nobody gives a rip about me being on here, but we're gonna have some fun, having some conversation." Tonight. Absolutely, so, and yeah. he has his own podcast too. He said, really? "So we do." Okay. Yeah, it's it's actually called the Cultural Redemptive, and it's literally conversations on how do we redeem culture because culture seems to be a hot mess right now, and mm-hmm. everybody wants to scream at each other, but nobody wants to just have real conversations. So we're actually getting ready to change the name in season three to People Not Like Us. And I, I'm going to sit down with people from LGBTQ, from Muslim background, from literally any background that's not Christianity. As a pastor, a lot of pastors don't want to have these conversations, but sure. I'm like, I, I want to have the conversation because the only way we get to know each other better is if we actually sit down and do this instead of screaming to be heard. Absolutely. So. It is, uh, you know, there, you know uh, in the social media world, uh, when someone posts something as simple as... Um, you know, two two kids who are three and four years old of different races, and when they see each other, they hug each other because they're not taught hate. And I see that, and I immediately repost it, and it gets you know the reaction is, well, well, no shit. Uh, yeah, you know, it's and and that speaks to all of it. Uh, if you don't have conversations, then then you can't expect to to know what the other person who they are, what they are, what they're going through, and and but our society right now is all about. Hey, let me get a click and a like. Let me do that. Yeah, well, and, yeah and my co-host is a, is an African-American guy. His name's Adrian. And uh, we literally, nothing is off topic for him and I. So I literally, we've asked, like, we talk stereotypes, right? And so sure. I'm like, uh, like, I literally asked him on a podcast. I was like, all right, I grew up, I was told black guys can't swim. Is that true? And we just, we had a whole conversation about it. You, you right. know what I mean? And we sure. do everything from music. Uh, I'm a former musician. So um, I spent a couple of years on the road doing music and nice. we talk music, we talk culture, we talk race a lot um, because we're a black guy and a white guy. And sure. a lot of people don't want to ask the questions that we all talk about uh, in our own races, but mm-hmm. we don't ever say to one another. So we, sure. we have a lot of those conversations on the podcast. 
Too bad. You know what's that. funny is and odd for me is that growing up in high school, uh, I went to High Point. Yep. And one of my best friends, and I don't know where Adonis Hughes is now, but he was a a, a black guy that was like the the guy of everybody. I mean, everybody loved Adonis. Nobody looked at him as a black guy. Nobody looked at us as a white guy. We were just friends. Right. And the media now has just turned us against each other in a, in a way that's just, just so bad that we got to flip this somehow and, and get rid of this cancel culture and all this other bull crap. Cause I never grew up that way. I know there's still a problem and there always will be a problem. There's always going to be people that don't like white people and people don't like black people and people don't like Indians or whatever. There's always going to be some sort of issues with that. But deep down, people love people and people want to be treated as people. So that's that's the way I want it to be. It's, you know, I people look at me and they they. I don't look at myself as a celebrity and I would never say I'm a celebrity, but because I played golf and I got whatever I've done uh, to me, that's nothing. I didn't do anything more. I just pursued something I love to do. And, and I had some success at it and it's great. And if it gives me a platform, awesome. And if it doesn't, it doesn't, but I don't see myself as any better than anybody else or anybody else better than me. Uh, so I think that's where but if I, we can get back on that track again. I think that's what makes Fred relatable to like the guys up here with us. Like we, well, we got 32 guys this year. 32 guys. Um, and I, I tell people all the time, like I've been, I grew up in a golf family. My dad was a golf pro when I was a kid. Um, and I've, t- I've played with a couple other PGA guys in the past and really nice guys. But I tell people all the time, Fred makes it so easy to play with him because he's one of us. Right. He's just, he's just one of the guys and you, we, we talk crap to each other and sarcasm is my spiritual gift. Like if I've got a spiritual <laughs> gift, sarcasm and quick wit, that's it. Um, I'm not really good looking, but I, I've got yep. sarcasm so I can, I can take care of it that way. I think you're cute as a button, well, but that's okay. I, I appreciate that. <laughs> but I think that's what makes, I think that's what makes you appealing to like, I, I'm a Maryland guy. So all of my dad and I's friends in Maryland, when we talk about Fred, all those guys are like, wait, you know, Fred. And it's like, right. Yeah. And, but they know him as the University of Maryland golf coach. They know sure. you as like that guy first. And then the guy that went to the PGA as one of us mm-hmm. and, and did it. And it, it it's the dream that most guys have to play golf. But the reality is I love what Fred's doing with his influence. The things like what we're doing with Go Ministries and how we're reaching people. Uh, Fred doesn't miss an opportunity to use what God has given him in this to do something bigger. Um, and we were just talking all the way over here, walking down here, this could all go away tomorrow. And I, I told him, I, like all my life could go away tomorrow. And I've already done more than I ever dreamed I would do at 42 years old. Right. Um, and it's been a good run. And there's guys twice my age that would kill to have the opportunities I've had, just like you've got that same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but to do something with it is a whole nother thing. And I, I think that's, that's where culture is slamming into golf or whatever ministry for me. And I, I don't do well with church people. I'm a, I like people that are far from God. They're my favorite people. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I really believe how you use your influence is what's the most important part of it, you know, and yeah. everybody's got influence. Yeah. Yeah. They do. Whether it's They're- one or 10,000. Right. You know? Right. Uh, uh, Trevor, when you play uh, golf with folks and it's, and it's revealed that you're a pastor, um, does the language change uh, after bad shots from your uh, your cohorts, or do they? Do they I, I never tell people what I do, okay. which is really funny. Um, and most people <laughs> want to talk about themselves, so I always ask them first. So tell me about you. What do you do? Right. Uh, we've got a guy that is at our club back in Ohio, and uh, first time I played with him, I mean, he uses the f word like Michelangelo uses paint. I mean, the guy is. Bro- <laughs> it's actually pretty impressive how good he is with the f word. Right. And uh, I mean, sixteen holes. The guy is yes. man. He's using it like it's his job. Sure. And uh, finally on the 16th, he goes, so what do you do? And the other guy, Brian, who's with us, he goes, yeah. actually, he's my pastor. <laughs> and he looks at me and he goes, uh, f- uh, sh- uh. <laughs> and I was like, no, time out, dude. Like, I- I'm not your average. Pa- I love a good cigar. I like a good bourbon. Yes. Um, I don't know if your listeners will be offended by that. I'm sorry. No, if they are, but I don't, like so. um, <laughs> I, don't, I don't think they will be. Um, but I'm just your average guy. And that's how I relate to guys. And I just looked at him. I said, you've been yourself for the last 16 holes. Why would you stop being you now? And I think a lot of Christians, 
And I know we're not, that's not what the purpose of your podcast is, but I think a lot of Christians expect non-Christians to act like Christians before right. they're Christians. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I'd much rather let people act like they are with me. Cause if you're real with me right now, um, as you grow in faith and the journey, you're going to be real all the way along the journey, but you're going to grow in who you are and the mm-hmm. potential of who you're supposed to be. And so that same guy, now we play golf together and he'll say something, look at me and go, sorry. And I'm like, stop apologizing, dude. Yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, do you want me to apologize for the four cigars I just smoked in the last nine holes? Because <laughs> wait a minute, uh, you're abusing yeah. cigars now. They can't do that. I will not yeah. tell you. I got cured of cigars because of this group. <laughs> really? Yeah, I took really? it up last year. What two years ago in Savannah? Yeah, at Fort at Fort's Plantation. At Ford Plantation, I took them all in in the summer. It was smoking hot, but these guys smoked more cigars than oh. I've ever seen anybody. And I said, "All right, I'm going to try it." Not only could I not get it lit or keep it lit. I couldn't even get smoke to come out. He was also green by about three pumps. And then I, yeah, yeah. And then I said, yeah, okay, yeah. I don't get was it. Was he inhaling? What are you, what are you Bill uh, Clinton? Oh, I was trying to inhale. He's like Bill Clinton. He didn't yeah, inhale. You can't. Uh, you can't. Yeah, no. You can't. <laughs> yeah. Look, there, there's, uh, Monica have, didn't swallow. But well, that's okay. Good everybody. Good. <laughs> Check, please. Sorry, Pastor. Don't say sorry. It's just being you. Um, hey, they, ch- they changed all the F words to, hey, you funked up and <laughs> funk you. You know, that's what they're that's doing great. nowadays. Oh, that's good. Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, look, I've grown, I've smoked cigars since I was 12. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm half Cuban. So uh, a oh, good bro. cigar, you must caress. You can't, yes. you can't pillage it and have four on a nine. Cause then your lungs just shut down. So I want you guys to take care of yourselves from now on. Okay. I want you to, but would you consider yourself taking care of yourself with, <laughs> I mean, with I, a cigar? I mean, doesn't sound like cigar. it. Now, <laughs> no, the no, other side of life. Yeah, I, you do. You yes. Really other side. Yeah. I mean, ironically, I am actually, uh, as we're taping this, uh, I am skipping a cigar and bourbon night at Manor country club, Fred. So yeah, he's a really good golfer, by you're, the way. You're a better man yeah. than me. I would have yeah. not skipped bourbon and cigar night. Chick's, hey. Chick's one of the heroes of D.C. No, That's true. Hero. I do know that to be true. Yes, he is. Not even close. Uh, yeah, you are. Well, this is a show that is definitely taking a different turn. I mean, we got the open, um, uh, but I, I, I'm interested in what you guys are talking about. Um, and and I love, we, me and Fred have talked about this before, Trevor, the game of golf is, like, I, I, I worked in Augusta, Georgia, Okay, man of color working in Augusta, Georgia, going on a golf range and and guys looking down their nose at me going, you play golf? And me going, uh, uh, yeah, I guess so. You know, I'm going to play the possum at this point and you, you want to gamble? Okay. But the bottom line was you learn so much about people on the golf course. You learn who they are. You learn if you want to do business with them. If you learn that you don't want to do business with them, you, you learn whether or not you want to be friends or not friends. I'd love the game from that perspective because you learn so much about people. Um, and most, and for the most part, you find really solid individuals on a golf course. Yeah. Well, I mean, golf has been my number one Avenue in life for my whole family. I mean, it, it's deep, like generations deep in our family of golf. You say you had your first cigar at 12, you're Cuban, not half Cuban. Um, I had my first cigar at 13 with my dad and my pastor <laughs> on the golf course. Uh, and so my dad literally looked at me and was like, um, it's, I think it's time that you step up your game as a man. And, uh, but my pastor was with me, my dad was with me, but golf has been my number one evangelism tool as a pastor. So we belong in a club at home. My daughter plays golf. She's 17. She's a nine handicap right now. She's really good. Um, but she, we use our golf club as an opportunity to reach people far from God. So um, I play golf with dudes from all aspects. Like I would agree with this. I think it's the best connecting sport on the planet. Yeah. Hands no down. Question. No, no question. question. And I no would question. agree. You learn who you like and who you don't like really quickly on a golf course. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've played, I've gone, I, thought, I mean, I've gone on golf trips and, you know, where, and, and, and a guy, uh, wrote the trip off as a business trip because he spoke at the end of this, at the end of the trip, the four day trip, he had, a, we had a dinner. He talked about what he, who he was. He was a lawyer. And then I said offhanded, you know, I, I need to get a will done. And he says, I can do that for you. And I said, no, you can't. And he said, well, why can't I? He goes, because I saw what you did in the fairway. I saw where your ball went out and I saw you 40 yards up when you said, I found it. No, you didn't. And if you'll cheat on the golf course, you're not going to cheat with my money. And so that's, you know, you learn that, that stuff. It's, it's amazing. Well, I will say, I know this is a, a golf podcast as well. And I'm, I'm listening to you. T- I will be up at 4 a.m. watching the Open tomorrow. Yes. Uh, 
I, I, I mean, it's like a holiday in my house. If there's a major championship, my wife knows I'm getting up. I'm watching Augusta. I'm watching U.S. Open and British Open. She knows I'm getting up at 3.30, 4 o'clock in the morning. I'm going to watch them tee off tomorrow mm-hmm. morning. No and question. I, student of the game. I, I've been around. It's been so good to my family my whole life. Um, I grew up watching this guy. So yeah. um, it's kind of fun that we get to do some life together now, yeah. which is cool. No, and it's well, We got a kid here. We got a yes. kid here, Chick, that oh, uh, so Brian, he got a scholarship for Ohio State golf. Oh, Jack's place. And he was in the story goes, it, first of all, he has one of the good best golf swings I've ever seen. I saw him swing twice today. Oh boy. Well, more than that, but the first two swings I saw, I said, that's as good a golf swing as I've ever seen in my life. Really? And he was, uh, was his freshman year? Yeah. Freshman year. He's in the parking lot and a guy approached him in the parking lot with a knife and he, Whatever happened, the guy went at him with the knife to his face and he put his hand up. He stabbed him in the hand and he took the knife in the hand and it cut a nerve. Oh, no. And he has no feeling in his right hand. And it ended his college career. Uh, the coach uh, dropped his scholarship. Oh, and, that's nice of him. Well, he couldn't yeah. play, but he dropped okay. his scholarship. But now he's. He's re- uh, he can't be, but 25 or six. No, and he told me, he said, I haven't played golf in six years. And my wife was like, I think you should play again. You're good. He belongs at Valhalla. He's oh, really okay. good. And, He's really good. And uh, <laughs> I'm like, I'm maybe I'm going to go get rid of the nerves in my hand um, because he hits the ball better than I can. I can feel everything. Um, my dad, well, you know, my dad can't feel anything either. And I'm like, maybe, maybe there's something to something. <laughs> We're on a par five today. Now, I had a pretty good drive and I had a three wood in. He hit three wood six iron. Oh, yeah. Into the par five. And they were two of the prettiest shots you've ever really? seen. Without, it was gorgeous. Without just feeling went, in his hand, without feeling in his right hand. Yeah. And he hit wow. a six iron farther than Fred's three wood. It was pretty impressive. I mean, well, well he really didn't have very far after that three wood <laughs> off the tee. <laughs> he hit yeah. that three wood about 300. It was uh, ridiculous. The Open Championship, a lot of guys withdrew, and I find uh, two guys who, with, who withdrew uh, to be quite interesting, and that is Sunjay M and Siwoo Kim. They have withdrawn not because of uh, the protocol that's going on over there, which you'll go through right with the with the Senior Open. Um, they're withdrawing because they are getting ready for the Olympics in Tokyo, and they need to medal because if they don't medal then they're going to have to serve their 20-month military service. Which means oh, shutting, down, shutting down your your career for that long, at least that long. And I was like, I just can't fathom the pressure that goes with trying to medal uh, in the Olympics, any sport, but now in golf. And, and if you don't, well, you got to put a uniform on and protect and protect and you know protect your country. I I, I can't wrap my brain around that kind of that kind of pressure. Have you ever felt? I know you haven't. I'm, I'm asking the question, but I know you've never felt that kind of pressure playing golf. There's no way. And is that a special exemption that they are giving them if they medal? Yes, that is. A, it's a. It's a. It is a Tokyo rule for all athletes. Um, uh, I forgot who it was who did it before, and he did medal. And but but somebody else uh, had to go ahead and, and didn't medal and went and served his time. That sounds. That terrible. was uh. Siwoo Kim. Yeah, Siwoo Kim, I think, but he was out of South Korea, right? Well, Siwoo Kim and Sanjay Im are the two guys who are not. Who was uh, it a couple of years ago that had to serve his military and came he, back to the PGA? He came back yeah. to the PGA, yeah. Yeah, um, I think he was a South Korean, though. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, they're they're. But they're, yeah, that's that's hard he, to give up that competitive edge and try to get it back. That would be really really tough. Yeah. Um, Bryson has changed caddies. Tim Tucker is out. Uh, Brian Ziegler, who has worked with him down in Dallas and is a speed coach, is in on the bag. Uh, and Bryson hasn't done particularly well uh, at the Open. Um, what, what, any expectations for him? Who said well, He said this week, I'm, I'm still going to let that club go. Uh, he is not trying to you know, put it in particular places. I don't think what I know of the rough at, at uh, St. George and – his game and the way he tries to attack a golf course is going to work at that particular golf course. But I could be wrong. I could be wrong. Do you think he has the strength to get through that rough? Yeah, he does, but you just don't have the control and you really need to have the control that that's a really quirky golf course and very difficult. And if you, you got to have a clean lie to control those approach shots. 
And a round plus, of greens is brutal. Right. Plus, you got to, I mean, you got to play it low most of the time, don't you? I mean, a lot of the time, you've got to hit the low. Normally, ball. but that's funny you said that because I remember I was playing with Watson when I was still coaching at Shinnecock in a practice round. And I think I told you this, and it was about the sixth hole, and he kept hitting the ball. It was real windy, and he kept hitting the ball straight up in the air. And I thought for sure this one particular shot was a true knockdown call. And the ball went straight up in the air. I go, Tom, what, what's the deal? No knockdown? He goes, don't need to knock it down, Fred. Just hit it solid. I went, oh. oh. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I said, you won five Britishes, and you weren't knocking it down? He goes, no, I, won. I was never knocking it down. I go, Wow, that's unbelievable. Penetrating ball flight. Yeah, he just hits it really hard and solid. Yeah. So um, you never know. You don't. You don't. Uh, I. I uh, who's your pick, by the way? Because I'm. I'm gonna. I'm going with Rom still. You still. I, I. You took the words out of my mouth, but I think that won't take place. Even though as good as he is, and by the way, so here's. You know, uh, I think I told you two weeks ago about the club foot. I might have in one of the podcasts, but the, the big story was John Rahm revealing that he had a club foot when he was born. And that's why his backswing is so short because he didn't, it, his right ankle doesn't support a big wide turn. And it's, we're so starved for information these days uh, that that became the story of the open is, is, you know, John Rahm opens up. He's like, he just got tired of answering questions about why his backswing was short and really efficient. Um, extremely efficient uh i it was amazing to, to listen to the story and know what he's went through what he went through breaking the leg i just read that tonight i had yeah. no idea yeah i don't think um, anybody had any idea uh, i heard it like two three weeks ago about the club foot and i my, my brain went to uh club foot to me meant something different uh, i thought it was like you know half a foot which would be odd too um but that's you know it was turned around and upside down they broke every bone in the in the leg uh from the knee down Wow, um, and turned his foot back around and recast and casted him, and then he had to get recasted every once a week as a kid. So, but look at that swing now. I mean, that's, that's it works. Finesse. Like you said, efficient was the best word you could say. Yeah, I yeah. I, th I think your dark horse pick is. Uh, we were talking about this. I think yesterday. I think Scotty Scheffler. Yeah, he loved yep. that low ball. Did you he see that, that driver yes. stinger he hit? Yes. Yep. Yes. But how often can you? I mean, if, if you if you can master that, then yes. And Scheffler has played some really good golf for the last over the last two years. Um, that's what I think the Open Championship is. It's not the front runners. I think somebody's going to. I mean, not Ben Curtis, uh, which was insane. Um, but I think someone pops in. Shane Lowry did two years ago. Yeah, you know, out of the blue. I think. Well, I'd be interested from you guys because I've heard it said that if Tiger was going to win more other than Augusta, that they say British Open is an is an really an, an older player's course. Right. Um, a lot of older players win there. Is there an older player in the field that you're looking at going, I, I think that's the guy. I got one. Here you got. It's the guy that has the longest streak without winning. Lee Westwood. 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 I, I would agree. I like that. Lee yeah. Westwood. Well, you can't go wrong playing, with that. Been playing really well. And yep. you know, one of the few times that a new marriage actually works out for your golf game. Uh, yeah. Well, I saw pictures of him with his uh, fiance doing, he was trying to be cool. So, I mean, or with his wife, you know. Yes. Uh, yes. Yeah. If he's got a wife and a fiance, we've got a different story going on here. Yeah. Well, that's a whole different podcast. Is, uh, <laughs> is Stricker in the field? Uh, I don't think so, but maybe so. He's one of those guys who would play both, right? He'd play on both tours. Well, in stay theory, over there. Is he playing? Yeah. Jim, Probably. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. And he's coming off of a, a major he just, win. Yeah, he just won it yeah, yeah. last week, which was real hard golf course, but really hard. And it's tough to yeah. watch Fluff walk around, but my Fluff's still getting it done. That was a hilliest golf course we play. It's brutal. Right. It's brutal. Yeah. 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 Really, yeah. really brutal. It looked like Fluff at age 10 years, which is difficult to say because Fluff looks well, like he looked old when he was 30. Yeah. 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 That, that he must <laughs> He's actually a member at my dad's course. Is that um, right? And Jim designed the golf course my dad's a member at. Down the Eastern Shore. Yeah. Called okay. uh, Glenn Riddle. Glenn oh, I, they've got, I played Glenn Riddle. It was the, what the yeah, two so courses we're there. at Man of War. They got 36 holes there. Man of War. Yeah, yeah we won a, uh, a a senior A team there uh, last year. Um, if you want to play the private side ever, just go play it because uh, it, elevated greens, always wet and uh, no roll. First, The first hole from the tips is 600 yards, oh. um, 240 carry over the marsh, woods right, woods left, and water till you get to the fairway. Some this wonderful the, starting hole. They don't have a walk-up area? 
There's a small only chance. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Because you told me you can only hit it two thirty. Yeah, so. I can only hit two thirty. So that's the other the course. Two hundred thirty yard drive. There is. It's true. It's unbelievable. That's, that's the other course besides Man of War. Yeah, War Admiral is a private side, and Man of okay. War is a public side, and, and that's more Man of War is more of a link style. And then they've got yes. Run Point and Lighthouse Sound, and yeah. that's that's part of them as well. Yeah, yeah. Lighthouse Sound, you, you never play that course without a wind flying no. through there. Yeah, it's no. brutal. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's crazy. When I go to vacation, I'll give you a little, give you uh, some insight today. I found out for sure that I'm not in the senior British because I didn't get my entry in. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. So, why did yeah. you? Why did you do that? <laughs> I thought I had it in, <laughs> and. They actually sent me correspondence that I was in the Tuesday Rolex Pro-Am and, and all this. I sent emails back and forth with the girl that uh, is handling the player relations. And I said, everything good? Yeah, everything's good. Well, then I was committed to playing the tournament afterwards where I wasn't even going to go for one week. Now I was going for two to play the senior PGA the week after. The guy asked me to go. And he calls me yesterday and says, uh, you're not in the tournament. And we're going to try to get you a special exemption to, to um, ignore the fact that I didn't enter uh-huh. legitimately with my entry. Uh-huh. And they had already turned down about four or five guys that did the same thing that I did. Yeah. And said no. So I'm out. So I'm wow. staying home. So are you pissed? Um, I, I didn't, not totally, because I was really concerned with the, uh, Contact tracing that uh-huh. has been happening. Uh-huh. And if you test pot or if somebody tests positive in the airplane, yeah. I got a quarantine. Yeah. 10 and days. I don't want to quarantine. I got you. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, Robert Carlson told me that 10 guys left on a business class trip from Torrey Pines to go back to Europe. The one guy got back. One of the players got back and tested positive and the other nine had to quarantine. Yeah. Cause they were on the same plane yeah. and in the same part of the plane. Yeah. So yeah. I didn't want to deal with that. Cause you can sure. have anybody test contact, you know, no, test positive no out of that. No question. So no question. I miss, I'm going to miss Sunningdale, but, uh, I'm, I'm tired of being on the road. I'm tired. I, I just want to go home. Take a break. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Get, a, get I've been traveling rest, a lot. So rest will as do you know, well. I haven't been, we haven't been able to do this show. I, I was late tonight because we were doing dinner and I was leaving and Trevor said, come on, I'll do it with you. And I went, right, great, let's do it. Yeah. And I was 15 minutes late getting to you. I was but, like, uh, I got to, I said, Trevor, I do two podcasts with two guys named Fred. Um, one is Fred Funk. The other is Fred Smoot, the former Washington football teamer and Minnesota Viking and captain of a, a love boat. Um, and normally <laughs> Smoot is the one who I just like, you know, where, where the hell is he? What the, you know, we talk ahead of time. And tonight it was funk. I'm like, he told me it's 830. So I'm like, okay. Fred's been punctual beyond belief for our first whatever. Uh, how many shows? And uh, I'm sitting there and I came back out. But I texted you. I said, let me know when you arrive because I'm going back out of my office and hang out with the wife. And the wife's like, are you done? I go, no. Funk is funking me right now. So that's all right. <laughs> you, got, you got funked over tonight. You got punked. You got fun- punked by the funk. I did. Uh, I did. I did, but I was actually going to the dinner. Didn't bring my phone. They were late. I didn't even. I wolfed down my dinner. Oh, that's terrible. Running out, and I didn't have my phone. Change. We can always and the change. Clubha- the, time. the clubhouse is a ten-minute walk. Yeah, it was. It, it was. was a, we hoofed it down here. It was great. Oh my yeah, God. it can always change it, dude. That's the, I told you. It's the beauty of a podcast. The people who are listening have no idea. Of course, now they do because they're listening to this. Um, but they have no idea. We can always take when you want to. I'm I'm generally available, or I'm drunk. One of the two. Sometimes, <laughs> sometimes that's a good show too. That's the new curious. podcast, the drunk and the funk. The drunk yep. and the. <laughs> that was, that's really good, actually. That's good, but then, <laughs> that's then, our next one. Yeah, then the popo will be looking for me to, when I leave my house. I'll be like, "Where's the drunk?" Great. Uh, <laughs> all right. Any final words from you guys? Anything you want to, uh, you know, um, want to pump up the the? Is there a website? For the uh, ministry and, and what your guys are doing with the with the golf, uh, yeah, gomen.org is the uh, is the website, and uh, there it's a phenomenal organization. Uh, here's what I know: I've been in ministry for 24 years. Um, I've worked with a lot of missions organizations over my time in in ministry. Uh, I can tell you this is up until a, I'm on the board now for, so I know all the inner workings. 
Um, there's one, there's no more accountable organization that I've ever worked with globally. And uh, I've worked with everything from India to Africa to um, Central Europe. Uh, literally up until a year ago, every single dollar donated was going right back into ministry. Um, we finally convinced the CEO, hey, it's okay to allow a dollar to go into operations sure. because every single person on the field was raising total support. Um, no operation support was coming out of donations. Um, and so they're, they're above board like nobody's business, but the, the impact, they're not just Dominican anymore. They're Dominican, Haiti, Mongolia, Costa Rica. They're reaching into Central America. They're, and now they're reaching into the United States, which is even crazier. Um, and they're doing some phenomenal work globally. Uh, so I would say if anybody wants to get into an organization, they got they, you can sponsor a child and actually it keeps that child in their home and it gets them schooling, gets them food. And uh, it's like 35 bucks or I, I'm going to get that number wrong, but it's mm -hmm. on their website. Uh, but like 35, 40 bucks a month will keep a kid in school, in food for their family and in their home with their parents and help them learn to live in a sustainable living space. Um, it's a wonderful thing they're doing with kids and with sports and with medical. They're literally changing countries. Um, like the government is now coming to them and asking them for help, which never happens, especially in like Dominican, the, the government's not, shall I say, always on the up and up. Well, I can't say ours is either, but, um, no. it, you know, uh, but the reality is, is the government now comes to them and asks them for help. So gomin.org, G-O-M-I-N.org. And uh, we can send you that for show notes if you need it. Sure. Um, but it, it's a wonderful organization to be involved with. And it's not just one person. It is, they're raising up local leaders. It's not a bunch of white people move the Dominican or like, we're going to teach you how to live. It's they're raising up local leaders to learn how to do life in their culture. And that's, mm -hmm. that's beautiful to me. And Fred, lastly, for a kid from Tacoma park slash Laurel, who has played this game has taught the game of golf to young guys played the game at the highest level. And so here you are, and you've done a bunch of uh, philanthropic stuff, but here you are helping out um, change lives of, of our future. Our, our globe's future. Um, how does that hit you when you take the time to take stock in the fact that you are making that difference? Well, it's, it's, it's fun. I love people. And uh, I, to, to have an opportunity to do this, um, we've become a, a true family. There's been other organizations I'm involved with, like Foles of Honor for our military and the Navy SEALs. Uh, foundation that I work with and the, and the Warriors Foundation. Um, it, they're all fantastic groups. Um, I, in fact, all the organizations out there to raise money. And what is so cool is that the golf is such a great platform to raise this money because people from all walks of life can meet out on the golf course, no matter what their skill level is, and raised a lot of money for a lot of great causes and it makes a big difference in people's lives. And that's what we're doing. And to have golf be my life and my love for the sport and to actually see what it can do. And you see these great athletes from across the board of all the other sports love golf the way they do and do mm -hmm. the same thing. Uh, musicians, actors, sports figures, you name it. They, they love the game and, it just crosses all generations. It crosses all races. It creates it, it, all economic groups. And it just does such a great job. And like you said, you, when you play golf with a person, you see the quality of that person. And uh, you see what really that person's like. It, it, it exposes you to the, to the nerve. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and you just see the guys that you say, I don't want to be with that guy. Or I love this guy. Right. And, um, you know, I just love it. So uh, it, it's fun to talk about. It's fun to be involved with. I think the golf game at the highest level right now is in a great spot. We've said that often, but I personally believe our young guys are awesome. Uh, our older guys, like what Phil's done, what Lee Westwood is doing, mm -hmm. what uh, Darren Clark is doing out on our tour, what Jim Furyk just did. Um you got guys, Lucas Glover, what he just yeah, did. He just years. won a big John Deere after 10 years of not winning and won in the, the open years ago and, and been bouncing back and forth off the big tour to the uh, the little league or the 
triple A league and back. And it's right. been a struggle for him. And then he ends up winning again. So there's so many great stories uh, in golf. And that's when we do get these guests, whether they're in baseball or they're in and announcing like Steve Sands or in the golf world, whatever they are. And you get to hear the background of what they do. Trevor tonight to talk about totally different what we've ever talked about. And it's, it's great um, to hear that side. And until you hear about it, you don't realize everything that goes on. And it gives you an appreciation for what they do and what they've been through and what they're going through and what they want to do and their love and their passion. And it's, a, it's, it's huge. So uh, that's what's so fun about this. If we can get out there and reach out to and have an impact on people in a good way, I want to educate them a little bit and have fun a little bit, but also impact them a lot. Uh, and realize, uh, I think if there's ever an example of a guy that, um, that really came up from, you know, really middle, middle class working at a public golf course and making it to the highest level and having a decent career, uh, it's me. And I don't think anything, uh, I just worked hard and, and I just wanted to see how good I could be. And I think if everybody had that goal to see how good they can be at whatever that is, be a better person. That'd be number one. Yeah. <laughs> that, would, that would be number one. If we could have everybody would be a better person, we'd have a hell of a world. And Absolutely I mean, a right great right. world. I shouldn't use the word hell of a world because that's not the right connotation. Right in front of the pastor too. Right in front of <laughs> we the We would pastor. have a godly world. It would well, be, we, it would we, be amazing. We, we live in a hell of a world. And yeah. we need a we need a heaven of a world, honestly. I mean, yeah. It, yeah. It, every Sunday before I walk on stage, my guys back in our green room, they instead of saying "give them hell," they'll, they'll say "give them heaven." Give them heaven. And yeah. Uh, yeah. and I always tell them, "Well, don't suck because I'm going to go out and not suck." So let's figure <laughs> this out, you know. And um, if you, Fred's really good at not sucking and making sure he loves people and the redemptive side of that. And Chick, I followed you for years as a Maryland guy, um, so hearing your voice, but seeing your face with your voice right here. Um, you guys are both doing that. Um, and there's impact. Like I'm, I'm not John Smoltz. I'm not Lucas. I'm not any of these guys on your podcast that people are going to give a rip about, but I'm the guy like you at the the public golf course is leading yeah. that I'm, I'm sitting here with the two guys that I've, I've grown up listening to and, and loving. Um, and, and kind of the same thing, right? It's like, there's influence that you guys have had. You didn't even know on my life. And we talked about this when we met. Yeah. Um, and so we're sitting here looking through a screen at each other. And I, I'm telling you, man, I've listened to your voice for years. Um, and so to see that come full circle and go, man, it's just because y'all are the right kind of people. Right. And if you're the right kind of person, the right kind of things will begin to fall into place to give you influence to help other people. And there's no reason I should do what I do. I shouldn't be a pastor. I'm, I mean, I'm a horrible pastor. Like I, not I'm a hot mess of an individual, but I love people far from God. And that that's why I think God uniquely wired me and he uniquely wired you the way he wired you and gave you the gift of golf and gave you the gift of voice. And man, you're just good at that. And he gave me the gift of reaching people in the church that churches typically sucked at reaching. And right. so I just don't want to suck at reaching people that the church is normally sucked at reaching. So um, everybody's got something, Yeah, you know. Yep, I hear you. And there'll be somebody who listens to this, and uh, and when we get the inf- the information, I'll put it on the on the show description. Uh, when we, I'll post this tomorrow. Um, if you give me a link for folks, there'll be somebody who listens who will click on that link, and we've reached one. And that's that's all you can ask is to 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 reach someone. Uh, you're not going to reach all, but you can reach someone. Um, all right. So Fred Funk picks John Rom. I pick Lee Westwood. Trevor, you're going with. Uh, my dark horse is Scotty Scheffler, right, but that's a great pick. But a I'm going to, I'm also yeah. my, my front runner still is Spieth because for whatever reason, he shows up at the open and he's yeah. going to tell Greller to go get that out of the hole again. I know. It. <laughs> uh, I mean, he just pulls stuff out of his butt in places yeah. like that. That, yeah. uh, mm-hmm. And I think he's got, and I, I'm going to take my third is my boy, Ricky Fowler. He played good him. last weekend. I would Ricky to do that. I would and love I, that. if he can hit the driver well and he can putt. I think he's got a legit chance. Yeah. I hope so. Ricky's one of the nicest guys in the game, and everybody gave him crap for doing commercials and blah, blah, blah. Well, screw you, because here's a guy who, when I used to MC Tigers tournament and Ricky was involved, uh, I asked Ricky to, to if I could auction off uh, his bag for the Pro-Am. You know, someone could carry it. And he's like, done deal. And he did it for three years without thinking about it. I reach out, bam, bam. Um, 
and I went directly to him, which was smarter than going to his peoples because his yes. peoples, you know how that goes. Um, and how many tats are we at right now? How many numbers? What's the number on your tats? 15. 15. Yeah. 15. Are we planning on more? Absolutely. My last one was in Israel at the oldest tattoo shop in the world. Holy um, moly. That's been there since moly. 1300. Um, so I was in Jerusalem. I had to do it. I was a block from where Jesus was crucified. And I'm like, I should get a tattoo. So yeah. um, I, I'm not comparing that to his crucifixion, but it was kind of cool to, to get a tattoo, literally a block <laughs> from where Jesus was crucified. Um, yeah, there's yeah. there's more coming. I'm probably going to get my daughters to write something in their handwriting that I'm going to put on my body and nice. represent my daughters. And okay. um, I, I got all sorts of great stuff. It's my faith. I mean, usually people are like, so you got those when you were rebellious. I'm like, no, these have all since I've been a pastor. So right, right. Um, screw you if you don't like them. Uh, that's that's your problem, not mine. It's funny. Yesterday, he was talking about how much he's working out and how much you know he's gotten really lean. And I said, "Well, shit, you got you got two pounds of tattoos on you, of ink on you." <laughs> <laughs> I can't shed that. I can't get no, it. Show him your arm. Show him your arm. Uh, yeah, we got a few, man. We yeah, got, look at that. Uh, that's, that's, oh, that's there. You go. There's a. There's it goes beautiful. all the way up. And yeah. That's, then that's I got my black and gray arm over here. Represents. Nice. There, there you go. There's a few things. Yeah. And Fred, do you have a tattoo? Nope. He's got a tramp stamp, lower back. That's not what I needed to know. Didn't need to, I don't no, need a picture in my he head. He has ever. the website gomen.org right yeah, on the back. That's great. That's perfect. And then he's got folds of honor on his belly because it okay. folds over. So folds of honor. It's, that's it's, great. It's great. Yeah, great. I'm very honorable about it. Yeah. Whoever's reading those is in a bad position. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> I got one tattoo. It's a it's a uh, scorpion um, uh, during March Madness uh, back in, oof, I forget when, covering the Terps. And my boys, uh, my friends who I've known since first grade, came down to watch the Terps. I was covering the Terps, and we were suffering from an internal alcohol rub. And uh, <laughs> one of my guys, my guy, one of my guys had lost his wedding rings like a couple times at the beach, so he was going to get a tattoo of a ring. And so I said, "Dude, I'm in. I'm going to get a tattoo." I called the wife and said, "I'm going to get a tattoo." And I talked to her about this long before, you know. But when you get that phone call from a guy who's a little tipsy you know she's like you're doing what please please just go to a clean place so literally <laughs> literally i think we went to three places before i decided this one is the place so i i did what she asked got in there i'm in the chair uh and i i pick out uh the, the scorpion because i'm a scorpio born on halloween blah 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 guys working on me the internal alcohol rub is really working well i don't feel a thing it is just there it's like a little itch and i'm like hey rome so how'd uh, how's the uh, the ring going Rome, <laughs> all 12 guys sitting outside the tattoo parlor laughing because I've been had <laughs> and I'm like, okay, thanks so much guys. Appreciate you. Um, and the, the postscript to the story is the next day, the Terps are facing, I think St. John's and Steve Francis, great guard has the dunk of the tournament. But at that particular moment, I'm, I've got my arms spread out on press row. I have unleashed the bandage because Wally Bruckner from channel four, Frank Herzog, I believe from channel seven and somebody else. The legends. They want to know what is on this arm. I told him I got a tattoo. So the highlight, whenever I see it pop up, CBS will put it up sometimes is just me almost laid out on press row. And those guys looking down, we all missed the dunk. We heard the screams and the Oh, and had to look at the, uh, the big screen to see the replay. We never saw it live. So there, there's my story on tattoo. I'll never get it. I was going to get another one on this arm, the exact one, and do the old Kwai Chang from Kung Fu. The guy picks up the big, but, uh, you know, the wife said one's enough. And what she says goes. So there you go. Hey, um, was Warner Wolf before you? Not, really? Warner Wolf? <laughs> 103, Fred. Okay. Before me. I'm <laughs> <Yes. laughs> <laughs> I mean, well, how many how many golf balls have you been hit by? Seriously, that's quite a few Warner today. Wolf. I almost got killed three times. But uh, what about yes. Glenn? Glenn? Uh, Glenn Brenner. Glenn Brenner. He yes. was great. I was an intern for. That's how I got my start with Glenn Brenner and Glenn James Brenner. Brown and Ken Meese all at Channel Nine. And Glenn Brenner was he was my guy. He was all our guys. Uh, it was Glenn Brenner on Channel Nine. George Michael on Channel Four. And oh yeah, George. Jeez, forgot George about that. George had all the toys. George had all the toys, the sports machine, all the satellites. Glenn had humor and could turn uh, a day like today, the day after uh, the All Star Game, and make it something that folks were like, "Did you see what he did today?" And make you laugh, make you cry, and that's you know, I miss. Yeah, him. he was he was awesome. 
Phenomenal. Phenomenal. Yeah. You can turn a, a dark day into something very bright. It was another one of those special people uh, who was a great yeah. athlete. He played for the Phillies, a pitcher, a big, big, big dude. Um, Warner Wolf, was he there before? Oh, sorry, I forgot how old young you are. I am young. <laughs> Just the gray, the gray goatee. That's if I shave this off, I'm getting carded somewhere. I don't know where, but I'm getting carded. Yeah. Uh, well, guys, I can't thank you enough. Trevor, great to meet you. Um, great to meet you. Uh, good luck uh, with the, what you guys are doing there right now. And uh, we'll pub it on the uh, website. And obviously folks who are listening to the show as well can, uh, can try to help out. Um, and Fred, uh, I don't know what to say about you. I really don't. I mean, you're just, uh, I'll, I'll, I'm a lost cause. I'll talk to you next week early. Yeah. You'll have I'm time going cause... home from here. I'm yeah. looking forward to going out. I've been on the wee road for so long. Is your wife going to recognize I'm, you? I, I'm shorter. I shrunk. You shrunk. That's yeah. Great. I told you today. I want yeah, to and like, I cut myself shaving everywhere. I mean, it's unbelievable. Yeah, it's a shrunken. I got funk. scars and stuff. Yeah, I'm I'm damaged. Well, I look like a healthy. banana that's been used. Wow. Yeah, I did. he's a little bruised. No bruise. Little brown. <laughs> little bruise. <laughs> hey, you know what? Nothing wrong with being a little brown. Thank you. Good night, everybody. All right, Fred, Trevor. I'll uh, we'll see you down the road. Appreciate you. That has been, and this has been Terps on the tee. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.